Welcome to the Curiosity Box, an Arts at WIT podcast. I'm Dr. Jenny O'Connor and I'll be your host. This podcast is dedicated to providing you with information about various programmes in the Department of Arts at WIT and discussing topics of interest to our students, staff and the public at large. Today we're talking about creativity in the courses we offer in the Department of Arts. It is not only employed as a method of teaching and learning, but also as a means of reflection and a way of understanding the world. Joining me are Dr. Hazel Farrell, the programme leader for the BA Honours in Music, Ross Lee, lecturer on the BA Honours in, in Design, um, and there's a, in brackets, visual communication, we can talk to you about that in a second, Ross, and Dr. Susan Connolly, lecturer on the BA Honours programme in Visual Art. So welcome everybody and thanks a million for joining me today. Um, I suppose what I'd like you both, or what I'd like you all to do, first of all, is to explain a little bit about your BA courses to, you know, prospective students or um, parents or anybody out there who might be interested. So I might come to you first, Ross. Can you tell us a little bit about the, the BA in design and also what the brackets bit is about, the visual communication part? OK, well, um Visual communications is easy enough to explain. It's communicating visually. Um, before it was called visual communications, we referred to, th- to artists who worked in the commercial area um, as um, um, commercial artists. Um, but there's a big distinction between commercial art and graphic design. So we use, sometimes we use the words graphic design and vi- visual communications uh, in tandem. But what it Visual communicator does is they're taking text and um, visuals or icons and photographs and using them to communicate information across a broad range of things. Anything from um, poster design, brochure design, web design, branding, logo design, informatics, um, essentially taking a lot of complex information and making that complex information um, clear and help, helping communicate more clearly to everybody. So we should be able to produce things that that speak um, regardless of language they'll communicate to people. So a graphic designer has studied visual communications um, and that's kind of how, how we tie it all up. Um, so design is a wide area. Um, visual communications is a, is a, is a narrower uh, band of that, really. OK, great. That's really interesting. And um, we'll come back to a little bit more detail on that, I think, in a little while. But um, I'll move on to you, Susan. Can you tell us a little bit about visual art? Because I presume there might be, you know, a couple of overlaps in terms of certain aspects of what you're doing. But I presume yours is more on the artistic side of things. You can you can inform me because I'm probably saying all of this off the top of my head and I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm the course leader on the visual art programme and um, our programme is more designed towards a student that is interested in fine art and more interested in the traditional um, mediums like painting, sculpture, ceramics. Um, so it would be very different, actually. It's funny that there is crossovers, but they're quite small in so many ways. Um, the crossovers would be, I suppose, computer, computer technologies and interests in a lot of our students we find on a course like visual art, which is very broad. So the mediums that some of our students would end up specialising in would be things like uh, video editing, um, photography and those kinds of more digital uh, mediums. Um, we are a four-year course. We are predominantly studio-based. Um, 
with the course broken up into uh, semesters that kind of link into each other to give all of our students a very broad introduction uh, to many of the mediums that they might be interested in. Okay, and, and Hazel, can you tell us a little bit about music then? Yeah, so our music course, we have um, a strong sort of practice-based approach there because naturally, you know, in keeping with the discipline, we have a lot of performers and, um, you know, we uh, look quite a lot at these sort of creative outlets like performance, composition, um, music technology and sound recording, things like that, and also um, music research. So we have a nice balance, I suppose, between the practice and more academic subjects and what we do is we aim to equip our students with as many transferable skills as possible so for instance in um, we have our new course starting where all students would have experience of the different music genres and all students would build on practical classroom skills for instance you know fretboard skills uh, keyboard skills Irish traditional music so we try to equip them with as many possible transferable skills to prepare them for the workplace um, really so that's what we're about. Great and so I might stay with you actually Hazel um, just for the next question because um, this is a podcast all about creativity so tell me a little bit about you know what creativity has meant to you in your career and you know how it has brought you to this place. Okay, so um, creativity um, for me, I suppose it's one of those difficult things, you know, when it comes to academia, like, you know, it's this expression of creativity and the channels for it and the channels for it being recognised maybe is something that we would struggle with, particularly in terms of research, you know, and justifying what we do when it comes from a creative place. You know, it's the measuring of it, maybe. Um, And that's a battle maybe that all of us uh, would have. Um, But I think the creativity um, for me comes hand in hand with communication and that's what I'm big about is you know how do we get that out there disseminating our creative practices making them meaningful to the students making them meaningful to the community you know and engaging and I think personally I work sort of quite hard at that uh, you know trying to boost what the students do out there through our social media platforms and you know engaging with our WOT marketing uh, but also within my own teaching practices and assessment as well you know, and uh, working with uh, visual sort of forms of communication and tying in with Ross, you know, working on infographic projects and, you know, for teaching, learning assessment uh, and all of that. So, yeah, I think creativity is a fantastic thing, but you need to be able to communicate it and you need to be able to get, um, I suppose, the meaningful engagement, you know, as a result of it, maybe. Yeah, and I I definitely think that we've all benefited as well from all of your creativity, can I just say, because some of these things that you've learned along the way you've shared with us, which is fantastic. So, Ross, I guess I guess for you, you know, creativity is is kind of different in a sense because it's it's probably more linked into that commercial space, is it? What about how did you kind of how has it how has it, you know, been important for you as you've, you know, grown in your own career? Yeah, well, it. In, it's very much applied directly to what we do and, and it's very outward facing. So we could produce something that we're really happy with, but it's how it communicates to the outside world. If it doesn't do the job, well, then it's kind of useless. So everything, I've worked on projects from like, you know, airport signage. You shouldn't even notice it. You just should be able to come in and know exactly where you're going really quick. The job, it does its job really well if nobody notices it. It sounds very strange. You should only notice it when you're looking for it, you know? Um, but um, 
just me as I went through life, um, I don't think it came so naturally to me. I didn't realize that everybody didn't have it. And, um, you know, as a kid, I could draw. And I remember being a young kid and somebody giving me money for my drawings when I was, when I was, uh, I, I don't know, a, a kid and I was sick from school or something at my mum's badminton game, you know. And I remember thinking, my God, people actually like this. And then from there, I was 16. I was in school and I spent my summers, you know, I used to paint you know, boats for the summer. And then people said, I want my name for my boat painted on my boat. So I was working on these, you know, million pound yachts as they were at the time and coming up, you know, designing their, and painting their names. And I was trusted as a teenager, you know, to spray paint names onto yachts. And, and from there, it, it, I just real it just became more natural just to apply it into areas where people could actually uh, say, wow, you know, that communicates to me. So I actually started off in college studying fine art and um, I ended up, we could, we could choose after three or four months and I ended up finding someone to swap with on the design course who, did, who didn't work well with design and I swapped into design and they swapped into art and strangely enough, I'm now married to them. This is my 20th year. They've put up with me, but that's how we met by swapping over. So I've always kind of crossed over and I'm, I'm so lucky because I get to work a little bit. On, on Susan's on the uh, on the art course with Susan, so I'm very much aware I'm bringing a different element to that. So I'm kind of stepping into the you, you call it more artistic, and I know a lot of designers would get frustrated by being told that, but I I would kind of go down that route. Um, it's more outwardly art. It's more um, expressive art, in an artistic way. You're expressing yourself without holding back. While in the areas I do, I always have to say, okay, I am doing this. How would it be received in the outside world to the audience we're dealing with? So there's always that little um, step back from what you really want to do, and you have to tweak it just that little bit so as it works uh, in whatever space you're working in, you know? But I went down that route, and um, I was lucky enough where, as a kid, I locked myself away in my preteen days and learned how to program, right? All these old languages that have kind of disappeared. But I ended up then working with programmers. So I always had that kind of uh, working with other people to, to do things. So with Susan, I'm, I'm working with the more, um, the more outwardly creative side you know, of things where kind of anything goes. And with design, we have to hold back a little bit and think about our audience as we're delivering. And then when I work with technical people on projects, myself and Hazel are, are in the midst of a project now where we have a developer working in the back end. And I'm kind of the glue between these people because because I get the different areas, and I really like that in my job. I kind of I kind of wiggle between different areas as well as being a graphic designer. It just it kind of keeps me moving through, and that's kind of how I picked and matched my way through life. Where um, I, I worked with teams of people, you know, it, it might have been in the video game industry when I was in the states working for Sega, or it might be you know helping an artist exhibition where you're dealing with how things are produced and put up on walls. But I was always part of something uh, on the creative side of things all the way through. And, and as I said, I always considered it normal. And I was, I'm always surprised when we're involved uh, in creative problem solving. And I'm always surprised when out there there's a big, diver there's a big divergent way of problem solving. And they think, we need one solution for this. And I'm sitting there thinking, I can give you 50 solutions for this. I can't judge them very well personally, but you guys can do that critical work. But I can still go to that side of my brain that I've been in since I was a teenager and, and had it greatly developed as I studied and, you know, come out with a range of solutions for, for a particular problem. And it's nice to be involved in that area, I think, you know. I think it's quite interesting, Ross, what you're saying there, 
that over the last 12 months, you know, to most people, um, the the idea of creativity and how important creativity has been to our isolated and locked down lives has really become uh, visible to the, the to society as a whole, I think. And I think that, well, I'm hoping that that is going to have a knock-on effect where the industries that we work in will be given the credit for the professionalization and for the, the amount that we contribute as a whole to not just Irish commerce, but, uh, you know, across the board. Um, I also am really interested in that idea that, you know, we've, <laughs> with this steep learning curve, as, as Ross was rightly saying there, you know, programmers and computer science and all of those business, you know, they have in turn now had to lean back on us in relation to communicating with their their customers, their audiences, in ways that I think, um, again, I'm hoping that we will be supported into the future with how important that work is. Absolutely. You know, one thing there, when we're, we're talking about the visual, and I think about, you know, I work with Hazel and we've great conversations and I'm a frustrated musician. I love thrashing around in my guitar. I love being in the college and I'm hearing uh, compositions coming together but from the music students and you hear them developing and changing. So I'll be teaching in one room and I'm hearing something coming out of a few notes and developing. And by the end of my class, I'm hearing something that to my ears is, is almost complete and hearing that development. And it struck me, the commonality we have uh, with creative thinking is creating something from nothing. And creating something from nothing, it, it's, it's a brilliant thing when you think about it you know we begin with absolutely nothing and we're we, we come up with something and we develop and we develop and we develop and i like the idea then we can pass that baton onwards um and i just made a note there when we were talking what was it oh yeah um so that creating something from nothing that is innovation and you know we talk a buzzword 10 years ago was innovation this innovation that we get that creative thinking with these multiple ideas that the student, you know, developing this chord, my little understanding of music, Hazel here, apologies. And we, we can actually hear this thing developing. In our rooms, we have to bring people in to show them it developing, right? But it's amazing hearing it echoing around the rooms of the college. You know, what we're doing visually, they're doing, um, you know, through sound and, and physical movement. It's amazing. But it's that creating something from nothing that innovation, and then that development. And that's kind of what we all have in common. And it's, it's why when we're sitting down over lunch in, in reality and physical spaces again, it gets very exciting when we're, we're talking music and art and design, all these things coming together. And it just makes it, it's, it's just been such a great journey to be able to do that through WIT over the years, really, you know. Fantastic. And and Susan, I loved what you were saying there about about that overlap and about the fact that we're falling back on those things that maybe aren't as highly regarded in in our society. Um, you know, when, when we're looking at, I don't know, you know, our, our economic situation, the way that um, the country is developing its industry and blah, blah, blah. But like now that we are thinking about um post-pandemic life we see the value in, in the creativity I just wanted to know Susan as well you know how did you how did you get started were you uh, painting boats as well <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> um I suppose my background is that I was sort of good at art and I had parents who trusted that an education in 
in fine art would somehow turn into a profession. And thankfully it has, and it has for most of my peers as well. So, I mean, it's one of the questions I get quite a lot from parents and from very young students, like, what job am I going to get? And I do understand the anxiety around that, but I have also firsthand experiences of many, many students who have come back to us in later life or come back to us having chosen wrong courses um, and who really wanted to pursue something creative, but were afraid to because of those buzzwords of jobs and, you know, what this means. Um, I think it's an extremely privileged position for any student studying whatever to have four years in academia to grow and to learn and to become young adults that will contribute to society. And I think that the creative arts really, um, we, we, we support and foster really smart young people into, um, I suppose, opening them up to whatever those creative jobs are for them into the future. Um, from my own perspective, I suppose I, I have a PhD in practice-based art. So it's quite interesting in that sense of the, 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 the shall we say, sometimes the, the, that argument that art can't sit in academia, it absolutely can. And I think it's really vital that the artist's voice, the unique artist's voice, the people who make art, the people who perform art, the people who conceive art, that their language and their um, understanding of that process is as is is really important to the idea of what academia is because unfortunately if, if if we don't participate at that level it's only people who don't make stuff that become you know the historians or the writers or the you know they use our work in other ways shall we say so I'm I'm very um, shall we say it's kind of my hobby horse a little bit the importance of an art education and the possibility it can bring to just, you know, widen your and enrich your life. Absolutely. And, and it actually leads me into my next question so nicely. And you've kind of answered it from your perspective, Susan, that whole thing, you know, that you, that we might face where students and maybe parents um, sometimes get a little bit worried or, you know, they get cold feet about the idea of pursuing something that is seen to be more, you know, artistic, but like, you know, there's all this negative language maybe that's associated with that, you know, airy fairy or, you know, something that has doesn't have job prospects as, you know, and I don't mean that that is the case, but that is very often the the kind of um, the negative connotation of those careers. And I think you've spoken really well about how important it is to choose your passion. I mean, that's the thing that sustains you long term. Um, Hazel, what would you say to somebody who is kind of trying to think about what to do next and somebody who is very creative, but they're wondering about that that whole negotiating that space? Do I take the leap, follow my passion or do I take a more conservative option? I mean, what would you say to, to an anxious student or parent? Well, you see, in the music discipline, we're very fortunate because our students work and they work all the way through their degrees because of the skill set they have. So we're very fortunate. Our students are performing for money. They're uh, earning, you know, um, they're teaching privately or in music schools or they're out there scoring, you know, um, for compositions and things like that. So our students are very, very fortunate in that regard. But your point is very valid in that we've had to work hard at getting that message out there. And what we did was 
was we went to our graduates and we had a video made uh, of them in their workplaces now and just explaining about the path and how they got there and the benefit that uh, the degree actually um, had, you know, in terms of their career development. And that's been a very valuable tool for us, you know, that we could actually share it with the schools and uh, career guidance teachers and allay the fears, I suppose, of parents as well. Um, and the message that came across across quite strongly, I suppose, from our graduates was that um, they were so glad they had um, had the confidence or had the support to be able to pursue their passion. And I distinctly remember one of them, you know, saying that they had started off somewhere else, you know, because it was, you know, what they were being pushed into do, you know, more solid career or whatever. And they were miserable, absolutely miserable. So it's that thing, I suppose, you know, um, it's about career satisfaction as well. You know, money at the end of the day and all of that, like, yeah, okay, you know, we all need this sort of stuff. But if you're absolutely miserable, your well-being, your quality of life, all of that suffers, you know, and your passion. So I fully encourage people to go and, you know, pursue their passions, get involved and celebrate the creativity, you know. Absolutely. And it kind of comes back around to that point about the pandemic that was made earlier, doesn't it? About how much joy we get out of certain things. We have gone back to books and we've gone back to music and we've gone back to, you know, exercise. We've gone back to those things that give us that buzz, I guess, and that make us feel complete and make us feel whole. And, you know, the, the creative pursuits are so important in that regard. I suppose, Ross, you, you probably don't get those worries as much, do you, with parents and students when, in your field? You'd be quite surprised. Um, I mean, we're ta- you were talking about allaying your parents' fears. That was the, one of the reasons I switched from art to design, was for that exact reason. And yet, the strongest career paths outside of education, the strongest career paths I followed, were based off the art that I did, crossed over with kind of computer-based stuff. So the art that I did, because I went back and I did a year, I did, I did a year after I finished my design degree, back in art. And when I was living in the States, the bigger opportunities I got were actually art-based. Um, which was surprising, but it was working with animators. It was doing background uh, drawings for, for video games. It was the art side of things I was drawing on. And as a graphic designer, I always had a baseline. I could always work in a studio, but it was the kind of elevated roles. They were more interested in the art side of things, you know? But even, even outside of, of being, okay, we all need to be worried about a career path. I, I get that completely. But um, I've had this talk a lot with people. And I've, uh, there's a, a niece of mine who, who studied, um, oh, I can't remember what it was, but now she's back in her original passion in art. That's what she's doing. After completing a full degree, she's on her master's, she's actually back drawing and painting again. And it's, uh, and, and actually getting a career out of it because her career stopped during COVID, which was quite amazing. So her parents kind of pushed her down another route and she's come all the way back around into what she was so, so good at and has a passion for. I generally explain it to parents that if their child was a fantastic athlete, I mean, at a level, a superb level, where it was a little bit more than just a pastime. And if you were to stop them, boom, to stop them completely and say, okay, stop all that. Now you're doing this. Could you imagine the jittery, the jitteriness you'd feel as, as a student and how bad it'd be for your mental health just stopping that outlet? That's easy to understand for people because they can see it and they're seeing people, you know, running out the road and training and it's all, all over the TV. But you take that with the creative mind and you're told, stop that for a moment. Just stop it completely. And here's another role for you. Now, those other roles might be perfect for somebody who doesn't have that, that um, creative spark, right? 
Um, but if you stop that, I think it's really, really bad. Um, bad for society, bad for their own mental health, bad for all the things, the ideas they could have brought to the world. Um, so I think just hitting the brakes on something when you have a passion for it is actually dangerous. You know, so it is quite funny how even when I started teaching design at WIT and I was like, OK, I have my career path now. I'm design. And then I'm watching what's going on in architecture and I'm watching what's going on in art. And I'm asked, would you mind coming in? And and I'm bringing those skills over. So it, it is kind of funny where we see one path straight out in front of us, one big road. And in reality, it's all those little windy ones that are a lot more interesting, you know, and they kind of get you into a very different place. You know, you won't be cut through the valley you're up on the hills and you're looking down and but it, it, it's um so i've kind of i've kind of meandered a little bit here but i see creativity weaved into everything absolutely everything mathematics physics art and i don't think i think if you remove it at all i think it's dangerous our buildings will all be utilitarian blocks you know our books will all just be pure facts our versions of facts um and what would happen music you know There'd be nothing. So I think without that, we, and we've seen it over the last year, without those kind of um, creative outlets for everybody, every single person, even people that think, oh, I'm not creative. And then they're noticing things and they're hearing birds and they're hearing sounds. I just think it's be devastating for the world if we get, you know, these students who really have a lot to give creatively and say, hang on a second, here's another route. I think I think it's a shame if that would happen. And it does happen. Absolutely. I totally concur. And Susan, can I just ask you then, what do you think WIT offers a student like that, a student that is creative, that maybe other institutes or other universities can't offer? What does WIT bring to the table, do you think? Um, I think what WIT, well, what I know WIT brings uh, to our students is the, the small um, class sizes. Um, we would average, you know, um, a small class where we can accommodate larger studio spaces. And I suppose over the last maybe five years or so, um, this has been really helpful in the sense that you have a lot of one on one tuition and a lot of support and a lot of, um, uh, I suppose, pastoral care, which can be really essential for young students when they come into us first. Um, I mean, that, that's having said that, the last year has been extremely difficult in the sense of how COVID has put some restrictions on our access to our workshops and studios um, and our labs. But that that's just a short, a short glitch, shall we say, which everybody in the world has experienced. So I'm, I'm not going to stress too much about that. Um, but yeah, I think those early stages of for any, um, you know, 17, 18 year old who are coming straight out of school and that transition into third level. I think WIT is exceptional with the care that they give young students. Um, student services are really supportive. They're always there no matter what kind of crisis or what kind and to offer support to the student, like real support. Um, and having worked in a number of other um, institutions on the island of Ireland, um, I, I have not experienced as 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 much support in other places, shall we say. So, I mean, I think from that perspective, I think it's very important. The other thing is from within my department, and it is really important, is that the my colleagues, we're all practicing artists. So we all have you know, real life experience of working in the arts in Ireland at many different levels. So the 
the, the, the combined knowledge that we bring to our students um, and with, as I said, that kind of very close building of relationships over the four years, I think is a unique situation for students when they're leaving college because they have a real understanding of that meandering path that Ross was talking about and, you know, the, the opportunities and the building a career and the sustainability as well within within what we're talking about. Um, so that would be, I think, from a visual arts, fine art department. That's what I think we uniquely do. Is there anything that you would add to that, Hazel? Or I mean, I know Susan has probably covered a lot of the, the positives um, of WIT. I think they're really well. But is there anything else that, that you can think of that you'd bring into that answer? Yeah, Susan has really hit the nail on the head there. I think it's the sense of community and it is so important. And I know that, you know, with our three creative programs, we really work hard with that. Building the sense of community, having the scaffolding there to support the students. And we go above and beyond, I think, with regard to our teams, our program teams, the staff members go above and beyond, far beyond what you would get in the university sector. And I can say that with confidence, you know, from speaking to those who are engaged with that sector that we have more hand-holding at the start you know and then gradually we start pushing them away and I explain this to the students you know in first year we're happy to hold their hands and you know gradually as they move up towards their final year we start to push them so they're more independent of us and they're ready then for the workplace and I think we're also very strong at making connections within the community for our students pushing our students out into the community to get engaged with local groups and different projects, you know, community-wise and also, I think, nationally as well, that we try to engage and incorporate those engagements into our assessments and basically launch the students out there as much as possible. So I think, very long story short, we care about this. We genuinely care about our students. Yeah, so it's just such a big, a big thing, isn't it? And I think it really is something that cons- consistently we hear back from our students in WIT. We're lucky, um, but they, they do kind of feed back to us in that sense that it, it does mean a lot to them. Um, Ross, would you like to add anything to that? Is there anything that, that we haven't covered? I think the lads there got it exactly right. Um, we don't have big anonymous classes. We are on the student side completely. And I mean, in design, every design lecturer is, you know, qu- really qualified. They, they work in this stuff. They know how it all works. They've been through the mill. The guidance and the commitment they give the students is unbelievable. Um, and I can see exactly the same in art and the same in music. Um, I was jumping in and out of some other lectures, um, Zoom classes this year when I was needed. And any class after five o'clock just kept going. Anything the students need just needed just kept going. Uh, there was extra classes put on. And I think that was done by the lecturers without a blink because they realized students needed extra. And there was no there was no hesitation. There was no blink. Where, and to see that happening uh, is great. And I've worked in different places and I've, I've heard that word team used over and over again. Uh, but it, this year to see uh, the teaching staff working as a team it is actually in all the true meanings of it. It was it was just superb. Um, so I think that it reiterates what the what um, Susan and Hazel were saying there. Really, you know, it's been it's been great to see that happen this year. And we we joke in my class, no students left behind. You know, we have to make sure everyone gets through this year and the quality of the work is good enough to get them to proceed. And we'll do we'll do everything to make that happen. You know, speaking about the student work, actually. 
Can you tell us a little bit about some of the most interesting um, work that your students have produced? Susan, I might come to you first. Um, have your students produced anything that you've kind of gone, wow, that is incredible? Oh, every year, <laughs> every single year. Um, I mean, our students, like, so in the fourth year and at this time uh, we would be, and we are preparing for the degree show. Uh, this year we're partnering, partnering with Garter Lane um to bring the show to to the public because obviously with COVID restrictions and um traditionally the the degree show would have been in the 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 college street campus which isn't possible this year so we're very excited about the idea of actually bringing the, the the degree show work to real life situation um and for audiences to get the opportunity to see work which they haven't been able to see now for at least the last five or six months um, so our students are actually really in the middle of it at the minute, but very excited about the the the, the opportunity that they've been given. And um, I can see the next couple of weeks as being quite a, a heavy workload, shall we say, in getting them prepared and ready for exhibition. If I was to think back over the years, I mean, genuinely, as I said, every single year, the students always surprise me and excite me with the work that they're doing. I think they're very savvy on picking up on issues they're very good at um addressing um you know more mainstream situations we've had students more recently been very interested in climate change very interested in society and issues to do with housing um we've also i suppose over the years produced students who are more kind of traditionally based in the sense of you know uh, going on to to establish uh, themselves as working artists in different fields throughout the island of ireland um, and then other students that have gone on to um, more kind of teaching roles. And again, that's a really, for me, that impresses me all the time that, you know, we are creating uh, the future teachers that go back into secondary schools and then in turn influence and support future artists, shall we say, our future, our future students, hopefully. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be able to pinpoint anything in particular. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and can I just ask you actually about that exhibition in Garter Lane? Is it, you know, is it a mixture of different types of visual art or um, would it be kind of photography primarily or sculpture or? No. So we the, this year is quite a small year for us. Um, we have six students, uh, six degrees of separation is the name of their exhibition. And it's six degrees because they're getting their six degrees. And Ross has worked very closely with them um, to support them with a lot of the online content that we're going to be promoting around that. Um, they The work is very, as I said, varied in the sense that we have um, we have one student who is really investigating the idea of fast fashion and her work is uh, kind of, I suppose, visually uh, coming together as a performance piece and as a, a large scale sculpture. Uh, we have another student that has been working on this idea of isolation and being um, kind of in this um, dystopian reality that we're living in. So his work is quite sculptural. We have another student who's really interested in the idea of debris and what's left around and the our roadsides and stuff like that. So she's been collecting. Uh, well, her, her major sculpture piece is a, a tumble dryer and she has been working with this idea of just abandoned objects and how they can be used as a ready-made object within art and the meaning of that. Um, so that's, uh, that's uh, <laughs> I want to mention them all, but I'll just keep going. Um, 
yeah, it, it's really exciting. It's really exciting to be bringing it together because, of course, we've been doing our tuition online. So we haven't really seen the physical work ourselves. So I think next next week, from our perspective as lecturers, it's going to be really interesting because, you know, we're all about the tactility and the being in front of something. So I'm really excited for that with all of the students. So. Yeah, it, the show runs for the whole month of June. So for anybody who's interested, they can go on to the Garter Lane website and they can book their, their time slot to see the exhibition. Oh, that's so exciting. That's fantastic. It's great to hear about those concrete kind of projects coming to fruition. Fantastic. Um, and Hazel, what about you? Um, you know, what has what has blown your mind over the years in relation to, to your students' output? I think um, the professional level of uh, performance skills always absolutely astounds me. I'm so proud of the work our students produce and our external examiners every year, undoubtedly, some of them say that I would pay to actually get into a performance to see this, you know, and they're comparing us with the university um, standards and, you know, nationally, internationally and so on. And every single time they say that we're above or we're on par with what they're doing, you know, so that always makes me proud because even though we're small, we're doing a very good job. And also, I think um, a lot of the music technology work that's coming out there is brilliant. They've worked with, you know, Spree. Some of our students have provided music for the St. Patrick's Day Parade in Dublin. They've um, worked with Cartoon Saloon, you know, um, and we have graduates then who have obviously gone into that sort of multimedia um, composing area and have been very successful uh, working on uh, different films and ad campaigns, very high profile ones. So really good stuff coming out there, you know, and with in terms of performance, we have lots of people who are playing with very high profile performers around the world. One of our students got into Berkeley and did his postgrad over there. And now they're touring the world with this uh, fantastic jazz ensemble that uh, he plays with. So, you know, they do some brilliant stuff. I'm always in awe, I have to say. I'm always in awe. I think they're brilliant. And I think my colleagues are absolutely brilliant for getting them to that level. Do you know, fantastic stuff. Wow, that is incredible, isn't it? It's fascinating. Um, and, you know, I think it's lovely for people to hear about this because sometimes these aren't the things, you know, the, the, you, you would imagine that this should be making headlines all over the place. But um, sometimes this this kind of can pass over people's heads. So it's, it's fantastic. Brilliant news. Um, Ross, what about you? I presume you are the same. You're probably and I and I know that's it's one of the pleasures of being a lecturer is that you are consistently surprised every year um, by what your students managed to do tell us about some of yours yeah definitely very happy every year all right um we have some really good uh, visual rebranding done by students and so they they they'd look at an ngo or a commercial company and they'd be taking this all the way through uh, creating a whole new brand identity for the company you know from logos to website design all the way through and some of that work is as good as anything you'd see done by a studio which is pretty good considering they're it's a fourth year student on their own you know uh, well not on their own they have great guidance for some great lectures and there's also some great um, innovative, innovative app designs the front end of the, of the app working in such a really good way and the students are doing a lot of um, kind of production-based mock-ups so they can actually take users through the whole app it's very very good this year so it's been moved on we're, we're doing plenty of brochure and poster design but more app design than i've ever seen before and uh, more on the technical side of things because things are moving that way in design which is great a couple of years ago one student uh, produced an amazing font uh, with higher accessibility than most fonts so it was better for uh, some forms of dyslexia and things like that it was so so good you know um but i'm 
oh, I always gravitate towards the students that, you know, take on kind of uh, some of the social issues in the work, you know, and I always tell them to use the superpowers for good and not evil, you know, because in graphic design, you can apply it to anything. So it's nice seeing them kind of take on some of the bigger issues and they are, they are doing that this year, which is wonderful. That's fantastic. Well, unfortunately, I mean, I've got lots more questions, but we're actually out of time. We need to cut ourselves off at some point. That's the problem with creativity, isn't it? You could go on forever. Um, so thank you so much to all of you for sharing such fascinating information about the creative degree programmes that are available at WIT. And I'd love to go back to college myself and kind of take some of these meandering paths. It feels like a sliding doors moment <laughs> where you could imagine yourself doing all these amazing things. Um, so thanks so much to Ross and Sue. Susan and Hazel for sharing this brilliant information and I hope that lots of people will hear it and will choose to pursue these fantastic programmes at WIT. Thanks a million. Thank you. Thank Cheers. you. Thank you.